pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. You're listening to The Mindful Dog and I hope you had a wonderful Christmas break. Today we're going to be talking with Roman Travers on the summer special on Magic Talk FM. For those who listen to the Sunday Cafe, you'll be big fans of Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Darren makes a lot of sense. He talks about dogs to buy, dogs to avoid, the things you should and shouldn't do. And I want to get your feedback in on this as well. Darren, good morning. Good morning, Roman. You've driven all the way up from Cambridge. What was the drive like? We have. It was a beautiful sunny day. I was listening to you on the radio, actually, as we were driving. Mm. And um, the landscape, I know it's on the main roads and stuff like that, but the, the landscape was stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Just as the sun was beginning to rise. Oh, know. lovely, <clears> lovely. <throat> actually, just going back to that previous interview about the road trip book, Cindy has text to say, thank you, Peter. Jansen, I've just bought this book. It's well worth having, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Do you like your road trips, and would you take your dogs with you? <laughs> I don't think we've got a car big enough for eight of them, but <laughs> um, we used to, in the UK, we used to go on um, to agility shows all around the country, mm. and uh, yeah, we took, um, I think we had six dogs at that point, I can't remember now. Gee. So we had a great big van all kitted out, where, you know, most people here put camper van stuff. We had a, ca- a van with um, cages and all that kind of stuff. The dogs had a better um, uh, sleeping arrangement than we did. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> going to come on to the dog breeds in just a moment. When I was 20 in London, I went to Crufts, oh, yeah. the dog shop. I've never seen so many dogs in one place. That was incredible. One thing I've seen a burgeoning industry in around big cities of New Zealand are the very flash vans with the dog walkers you know it's a real business now isn't it doggy daycare and just before we go on to the breeds you've spoken before about which dog daycare places to go to and which ones not to go to and you've got to do your own research but just how do you do that it's really hard because a lot of daycares won't let you go in and see them Um, that's sort of a red flag straight away um, I suppose you want to be thinking about how they're treating the dogs. You know, if they're screaming, shouting at the dogs all the time because they're barking, that's somewhere you probably don't want to go. Mm. Um, you want to know that your dog actually has the freedom to enjoy the day. The whole point of going to a daycare is to have fun, isn't it? If they're locked up in a crate every day, then that's no fun at all. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Just just go, see if you can even get them to take a couple of videos. Um, the daycare we go to with um, Twinkie and Star, they... They're really enriching their behaviours, so they play with bubbles, they have water play, they have like set play times, and, and the dogs come back absolutely shattered and love it. They really do. They probably have more fun than you do, by the I'm sounds sure. of it. Yeah. All right, we are talking dogs with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. The whole premise of Mindfulness for Dogs <laughs> is that there is so much you can do without rolling up a magazine and whacking them or yelling. That's right, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, and and I think um, for me, uh, it's always been about getting a dog that's emotionally balanced. So a lot of, if you think about with kids, when we have kids that fight and stuff like that, their Mm. their emotional balance is out of whack, isn't it? And that's due to probably outside stresses, um, parents, pressure, all that kind of stuff. Well, dogs have the same. If we put too much pressure on them when they're young, then they they never learn how to be balanced. They never learn how to deal with stress. Mm. And and then it comes out in ways through their predator prey drive, um, aggression and that kind of stuff so mm. yeah so the whole mindfulness is actually it's a real thing we yeah, actually practice so. mindfulness with the dogs <laughs> well you've convinced me more so as the months have gone on talking with Darren over the last couple of years actually if you've got questions for Darren Rowe what you do is you call now on 0800 844 747 you can text them through 213920 I'm really keen to hear from you if you are new to the dog world mm. and by that what I mean is if you've gone and bought yourself a dog after years and years of one wondering which one to buy. I want to hear from you. I want to hear how it's going and have you put some good behavioural practices into practice, some good social, socialisation or dog training skills. And what sort of dog did you end up buying? Because 
this is the big thing. It's there's so many factors that come into play here, Darren. Well, there's so many different types of dogs nowadays, isn't there? I mean, a couple you know, ten years ago, we would have had all those pedigree breeds that most people had, and then obviously the crossbreeds through the rescue centres. Whereas now, I think every day there's a new breed coming up. Um, mm. uh, the the Labradoodle is, um, or the the Labradoodle is now partitioning the um, partitioning, sorry, the the kennel club in America to actually be a proper recognised breed. Um, so things are changing quite fast. They yeah. really are. Yeah. All right. Now you were telling me about a dog breed that you saw yesterday. I've oh. never heard of it before. No. What was that? So um, we went to see some Portuguese water dogs. Now I don't know if anyone's ever heard of those, but they were um, they're amazing dogs. They look a bit like a poodle, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And I have to stress they're not. And there's a wonderful breeder um, called uh, Scott Stanford and um, Stanford, sorry, in um, in the Waikato, who's the only breeder, as far as I'm aware, in, in New Zealand of these dogs. And absolutely fantastic. They're you, you have to look them up on on YouTube, but <laughs> they um, they're they're a real ancient breed. And I think the the poodles and all these kind of dogs, the Bichon Frise, were all bred from them originally. You know how we crossbreed certain dogs. Yeah. So they were used for fishing and hunting uh-huh. and retrieving off boats and stuff like that. Obviously in Portugal. Yeah. And if you go to Portugal, there's hundreds of them, but um, there's not many in this country, maybe in Australia a little bit. So what drives the the quantity, the availability? Is that simply trends? Um, I think it is, yeah. I mean, certain breeds are always going to be in favour, aren't they? So um, your Labradors, your Retrievers, all those kind of things are always going to be in favour. But there will be very specific breeds. At the moment, we're seeing the Husky coming into New Zealand quite a lot, and, and that's um, cultural-driven, uh, I guess. Um, obviously, we've got all the different uh, mixed breeds mm-hmm. um, out there, the, the Oodles, different types of different Oodles, I guess. And and some of the bizarrest crosses that we're having nowadays with... Um, things like uh, spits and collies and poms and collies and things like that which um, we can maybe talk about in a minute but mm. um, some of those sort of things possibly not the best choices not the best breeds I would say yeah okay so <coughs> just going back to that breed the Portuguese what was it again the Portuguese Portuguese water dog all right and, and it comes from the poodle well no the poodle comes from the Portuguese oh. water dog oh, yeah. see, that's interesting stuff because <coughs> I think some people think the poodle's a bit of a ponceby lampton <laughs> key kind of a dog they're a hunting dog traditionally aren't they so they they are they're a water hunting dog so so um the 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 way that the fancy coats have been done in the Portuguese water dog is actually um, a utility dog. Mm. So um, the, they basically cut the hat, they cut the back, and it looks a bit like a baboon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to, a very pretty baboon, definitely. But the idea is that, that um, when they're diving in the water, then that coat doesn't get completely sodden with water, and then the dog sinks. So it actually allows the dog to, to swim properly because their front legs are way stronger than their back legs. Oh, there we go. Well, yeah, there's, really a, there's a breed worth looking at. Yeah. Taking your calls on 0800 844 747. Alex, hello. Hi, Roman and Doggy Dan. Um, Not Doggy Dan, <laughs> Darren. Darren. <laughs> almost, Darren. almost. Darren. <laughs> Darren. That's okay. <laughs> hey, um, I don't have poodle problems, just name remembering problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, Lay off. <laughs> I, I do have a big problem, though. I've got the most gorgeous little dog, and she's just wonderful and lovable and gorgeous, and she loves humans, and she's easy, blah, blah, blah. But... Um, I've had problems with her with aggression with other dogs. Now, I've had her at doggy daycare, and I've had her quite well socialised, which has got her a lot better. Now, my problem is where she still gets aggressive, though, is with other dogs on our property or walking past our property. Now, I can control that to a certain extent because, you know, we've got gates. But our next door neighbours have got a brand new little puppy, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> but, and although there's a fence between them, 
how do I get my dog so that she won't be snarling and barking and carrying on and wanting to kill the other little thing um, <clears throat> through the fence? Because although she can't get through the fence, it's so she gets so nasty. Like the whole neighbourhood can hear it. Okay, what well, what kind of dog is she? She's a little shit. Little Chitsu. <laughs> the M's is on that one, very good. Um, um, and what's the puppy? Do you know? Uh, it's a little baby Labrador, and okay. I just desperately want them to get yeah. on. So, um, depending on the age of the puppy, obviously, it depends on the vaccinations and that kind of stuff. Um, the, the best thing for me would be to, to actually introduce them properly um, with yeah. on, on a lead, obviously. You, you obviously need to know whether your dog is, is going to eat them alive, I suppose. But but sometimes once they've actually met, then um, especially if they're living next door to each other, they're not going to get scared of each other. If you think about it, when, when if you could only meet someone through a barred grill, um, you can never really get to see them properly. And and that's yeah. sim- that simple introduction might be enough for them to be friends. And the Labrador is going to be a really sociable dog anyway and want to say hello. Um, but yeah. your doggy might be a little bit scared. Um, if he goes to daycare and he's okay in daycare, then I shouldn't think that would be a problem. That that would be my best bet. But obviously, get permission of the uh, the owners of the uh, little puppy first. Mm. Yeah, well, at daycare, I mean, it's, she just almost knows her place. There's mm. big dogs. She's just one of many. She almost knows toe the line, or you're going to be in trouble. But when she's at home, it's like she rules the roost and overtide yeah. any animal, fine with people, any animal that comes close. And she's actually gone to attack, to be mm. honest. That's how bad it's got. You've got to remember that the Shih Tzu is actually a bit of a guarding dog, isn't it? So so it will protect its mm. territory. What I would probably recommend if you do say hello to that dog is not to do it on your property. Probably take it, maybe both of them off the properties. So we can get to know each other. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, the Labrador's not a particularly protective dog, but certainly the the Shih Tzu would be, and and it sounds like she already is. So, so she may protect the property um, anyway. So I'd probably do that somewhere else. Um, but again, keep it safe because you don't want to make a puppy have a bad experience because then that pup's gonna sort of carry that forward. Labradors are pretty resistant, but mm. all the same. Yeah, I'm far more concerned about the puppy than, yeah, than my one. Cause yeah. Obviously, she can take care of herself. But at what point would would it be safe or okay to have the other dog on my property? Because you know, I'm really good friends with the neighbours, so I would love the dogs to get on and be able to go to yeah. each other's houses. So, so perhaps the, the first thing to do would be to arrange a, a meet up where maybe the puppy's in a pen or in a crate. And then your doggy can come mm-hmm. in and sniff through the crate and get to know each other just like that. Um, then obviously it's very okay. safe. And then over time, then you can start to get them together. There's no reason why they shouldn't. Like I say, the Labrador's a very um, uh, sociable dog, so she's, they're going to get on. Um, but your older dog will, will probably put this little puppy in its place okay, a few times as well. So that's that's quite normal, as long as there's um, obviously no blood and, and no biting. Mm. <clears throat> Yeah, I know. I just, yeah. I just don't want the neighbours or the dogs yeah. to be upset with me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about having it, but yeah, it's, it's to get on. It's probably much better to have a chat with them and do it organised than um, than try yeah. and do it through the fence and have a bad uh, situation. Yeah. Alex, keep in touch with yeah, Darren. Darren Rowe, mindfulness for dogs. He's on the internet and he can um, probably help you out via you know FaceTime, Zoom, <laughs> Webexes. He he is nationwide, but he is based in the Central North Island. But he is able to help you. Probably via email and bits and pieces, Darren. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, very good. All right, let's keep those calls coming in. 0800 844 747. Roman Travers on Magic Talk. Back into the dog department, you naughty dog. This, is it really that the dogs are being naughty or is it just you that can't teach them? I think it's a combination of both, to be honest. That communication, that, that clear communication between owner and dog has to be good. Otherwise, mm. the um, yeah, the dog doesn't understand English. 
I suppose they do understand English, but if you don't do it right, then it's your fault. It's not the dog's fault. Okay. <laughs> One of the other industries that's taken off big time, apart from dog walking and dog minding, is dog grooming. And Jessica texts, and hi, man, loving the show. You're hilarious. Can Darren please advise on how to become a professional dog groomer? As I can't find a training course in the Waikato. Thanks, Jessica. Yeah, hi, Jessica. Um, I don't think there's a, a recognised, I might be wrong here, I don't think there's a recognised dog grooming course um, in any of the universities or any of the colleges. I think the best thing I would recommend is go and speak to a groomer, get their advice after all, they're the ones that have, will have done it if they have. Um, I think just trying to groom as many dogs, there's, there's breed standards and you can get a book, there's a great big book, I can't remember what it's called now, and it's like pages and pages of every dog and every cut exactly what each dog is meant to do. Mm. And I just do lots of research, pick your friends, um, maybe pick a small dog's first of all <coughs> sorry, and um, do the teddy cuts, get that kind of thing, and then go for the breed standards. Um, ah. Again, the same breeder, strange enough, Scott, um, that I was talking about in Temple Grooming. Mm. He's actually a groomer, so maybe contact him. He's in the Waikato. So. Just remember, though, with my limited knowledge of dogs, which extends no further than the border terrier, you're supposed to hand strip them, and yet people still <coughs> clip them, don't they? Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the, the worst ones. We had our Irish setter. Mm. went to a breeder and uh, went to a groomer and um, they said they knew what they were doing and, and they basically made him look like a vizsla he, he looked awful he was terrible so yeah do your research when you do take your dog to a groomer make sure they've, they've actually groomed your dog uh, your dog's breed I should say so they yeah. know what they're meant to do yeah I get what you mean that's <coughs> very yeah, 23 past 9 the number here 0800 844 747 it's free it's live have a chat with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs morning Tanya Yes, hi there. Um, look, I've got a, um, a 14-year-old um, lab staffy. Um, she's very aggressive only towards female dogs. Do you know? Is she? Um, <laughs> yeah, is she entire? Sorry. Is she entire or is she neutered? Spay. Um, she's neutered. She's, she's spayed. Yeah. <clears throat> is this on lead or off lead or? Um, it's on a lead. On a lead, more yeah. So. Yeah. More and, so that, yeah. And 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 strange question, what colour is she? Um, she's like a tan like a with a white, you know, down her face. So she does have a white stripe down her face, yeah. Um yes, yeah. quite quite often and, and do you walk her on a harness or on a on a collar with a the lead? Yes, yeah, yeah. And she's much better like off the lead, she will just yeah. trot beside you. So she's quite <clears> um yeah, on a lead she's a bit yeah. So, so most dogs are, are generally fine. If they're generally fine off lead, but they're a little bit aggressive on lead, it's 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 basically yeah. a resource guarding issue, and it will be yeah. um, that she's guarding you as a resource. Um, and right. and that lead, when she pulls on the lead, if it's on the harness um, and or the um, worse if it's on the collar, then it can cause a bit of pain, yeah. and and it restricts the movement of the dog. So as they lunge forward, it restricts their movement, and then they think that the other dog has caused that restriction, and then they might be a bit aggressive. Um, the staffy, um, mm -hmm. the staffy. Well, obviously, there's a bit of confliction between the two dogs there because the Labrador wants to be sociable, and the staffy is a, a kind of chasey, uh, a kind of grabby dog. So they want to go yeah. over and say hello. Um, and then they've been stopped, so they might be uh, a bit more aggressive on that case. The, the best thing to do, and it sounds really strange, and, and you've got to be quite confident, yeah. is to just have that lead really loose. Because if you know yeah. your dog is fine off lead, then as soon as that lead goes loose, and, and you might have to um, do it in a way that the dog doesn't keep going forward, if that makes sense, a bit harder, yeah. um, then the dog's going to realise they're not on a lead, and it's normally that lead that triggers the aggression. So it's a, there's a lot of... Go back oh, to that loosely. Okay. Go back to the loosely training. We tend to teach our dogs to walk on a lead, off lead first, and then we put the lead on, so they don't even realise they've got a lead on. 
So I'd go back to that. As soon as that, as soon as that tension's on the lead, that's what triggers the aggression. Mm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Good luck. Good luck. You're welcome, Tanya. Yeah. Thank you. Very kind to, to make the call. And it's mm. always good to get the right advice, and you'll get it right now mm. at no charge, which is not normally the case. This is Darren's business, of course. <laughs> but uh, And you can get him round to your place to help out, but do make the call now, 0800 844 747. Someone's texting to say YouTube is great for learning. Now, what do you reckon about that? Um, yeah, if you go to my channel, it's awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you, there, YouTube's amazing. There are some fantastic dog trainers on YouTube and um, they give away all of their secrets really free. Um, but sometimes you don't know whether it's good or bad. And um, I'm a force-free dog trainer. I'm a, um, an endorsed trainer for the Association of Pet Dog Trainers in New Zealand and a member of the PPG, which is a prof- professional pet guild. And they're all force-free, um, fear-free uh, organisations. So we don't use shock collars, we don't use prong collars, any of those kind of things. And, and I think that's probably the way to go when it comes to training mm. but there are a lot of people online that will recommend all these sort of nasty punitive um, punishment techniques so just just make sure you're you're looking at the right places really um mm. uh, ian dunbar is a really good place to start um victoria's still well um there's a guy can't remember what he's called the dog revolution mm-hmm. um some really good places um, that you can go and have a look but yeah stay clear of that punishment stuff now Going back a few years now, but Bruce recommends and remembers fondly Barbara Woodhouse. Oh. <laughs> Shit! Yes. I remember Barbara Woodhouse, yeah. Um, what she used a to, good dog. Didn't she used to breed down dogs' noses and that sort of stuff? Um, oh. I, I actually remember Barbara Woodhouse growing up as a kid in the UK. Yeah. Um, she was quite a, a stern woman, shall we say, and quite a, a negative punishment woman. So mm. I think dog training's moved on a little bit from her, um, thankfully. Um, but yeah, she certainly knew how to control a dog, whether it was control in the way I would control a dog, probably not, but uh, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> I was up Mount Eden a few days ago, and there's a big grassy patch at the base with a bit of a sound shell, and there were two beautiful miniature Italian greyhounds, Oh wow! and they were very well behaved, but then I realised this woman had what looked like a walkie-talkie around her neck, oh. and she'd push it from time to time, and I said, oh, what's that doing? She goes, it just gives a little vibration yeah. in the collar. <clears throat> yeah, no. I'm not. I'm not sure about the vibrations. I think the vibrations are probably better than the shock collar, aren't they? But I think they come in tandem. So you have a most of the collars have a, a shock and a vibration. Mm. And I don't know. I, I personally don't like either of those. Um, but I do understand. Um, there's one place where I think a vibration collar would be really useful, and that's with a deaf dog. Mm-hmm. I've seen that used to, to maximum efficiency there. But, um, yeah, I personally steer clear of, of either of those. I think you want the dog to come back to you because they want to come back to you. And, and <clears throat> so with proper training, that's that's possible. Okay. All right. The questions you might have it could be a simple answer or it could be the situation where you actually need to get Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs around to your place. But do the, the right thing first and make the inquiry on 0800 844 747 3920 is the text. We didn't really get a chance to get on to much else, but there was some. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, have you got a few more minutes to stick around? Uh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to go shopping well, just yet? That... <laughs> oh, no. I've got evil uh, from the <laughs> Now, Darren's wife is through the studio glass blaming him for wanting to go shopping. Apparently, it's not the case. I'll leave that for you two to sort out. Someone What's... needs obedience training between you so, two. Don't you? Honestly, wow. Back Back soon with your calls on 0800 844 747. Now, speaking of people wanting a dog to fill a gap, to fill a void, whether it's loneliness or not, is getting a rescue dog a good idea? 
Mm, so the, the million dollar question is I think getting a rescue dog is a great idea um, because obviously these dogs need a home but I think there's some um, a lot of things that you need to take into consideration so when you get a rescue dog these these dogs are not perfect okay they'll even if they had a relatively good life um, but the owner just couldn't keep that dog um, they've been ripped away from their family structure they've been ripped away from everything they trust that's quite traumatic right and if that was a small child at the age of about seven or eight because normally it's around the one year to two years which is equivalent to about seven or eight year old. Um, if that happened to a small child, you can just imagine the the trauma and the psychiatric sort of problems that, that small child would have been ripped away from the parents. So that same kind of thing happens with a dog. <clears throat> ripped away or saved though, because some of these dogs come from abusive backgrounds, don't they? Yeah. So if it's from abusive background, clearly um, it's saving the dog, but still that's the only trust and security and thing they know so mm. it's still it's still the same for the dog okay um, Darren yeah. Rose got some hot tips on what to do and what not to do with a rescue dog but let's get back yeah. into the calls initially here um, 0800 844 747 is the number David good morning hi how you doing good morning David hi I, um, I've got a um, a bearded collie I'm in a farm situation uh, bearded collie a uh, little bit of hunt away He's great on the farm. <clears throat> However, um, when I go to take him out in the morning, we get him, get him the use and I meet and greet and I take him off the lead and he's quite a little bit aggressive. But when he gets in the car or gets in the ute, he's all over me like it's a real fight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he barks incessantly and he barks at my, uh, my ute all the time as well. Like when I started up or we're going on a journey. So um, Is that when he's outside? He's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, um, and inside, when we first get in the car, get in the ute, he, he, like we have a wrestle basically, and I have to be quite <laughs> aggressive with him. So, so the first <laughs> thing funny, I actually, but yeah, the first thing I would probably do, and I know it's not a sort of thing that farm farms normally do, but farmers normally do, but I would um, certainly have a secure way of, of securing him in the car. I wouldn't just let him sort of wander around the car because they do get quite scared. When a dog goes to um, gets quite aggressive, it's probably due to fear, and and I'm not going to say anything yeah. about your driving, but um, it could well be that they just don't feel safer in the car, you know. So, <clears throat> so I would give him a safe place to. Uh, sorry, <laughs> give him a safe place to uh, to maybe. Um, David, be. what's your driving like, David? What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and and on on that note of the dog, um, like they normally attack the wheels. You see them attacking the quad bikes quite a lot, um, when they're outside. Yeah. And and I was chatting to a farmer a long time ago, and he was saying that they they think of them as the stock. And if you were to think about how they um, move the stock, if they get frustrated because the stock's not moving, then they tend to come in and nip the heels, don't they? And they're doing the same kind of yeah. behaviour. So if you think of it as the same as you would um, the sheep, what would you do? To, well, what would you do to the dog if it was doing that to the sheep? Then probably, obviously, if it's force free for well, me, you'd be looking at sort of doing the same kind of trainings. Treat it as training, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can stop that kind of behaviour. Well, well, well th <coughs> thankfully, he's not nipping at anybody's feet or um, or chasing cars down the That's road. Good. But yeah. um, I, I appreciate it. Thank you yeah. very much. Not Sorry. a problem, mate. <laughs> Good to hear from you, David. Thank you. Have a great new year, won't you? 0800 844 747. Darren Rowe, who's supposed to be taking his wife out shopping <laughs> to buy her a new pair of shoes because she is angry at you, mate. I wouldn't want to be you going out of the studio. Uh, Robin. Good morning to you, Robin. Well, good day. Yeah, well, um, thanks for the interesting discussion this morning. Just a bit related to the last guy's call. We've got mm. a little Jack Russell and... Um, and he, he he loves to bark at people. Um, uh, oh. in, a, in a way, he's doing his job because he does it with people coming on from section. But um, 
but we've introduced him to a few people and you know tried to sort of say they're okay but he 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 just he, with some people he just keeps doing it yeah. and um I don't know if you had any idea. Hi, Robin. Um, I see this a lot with Jack Russell's and little Foxy Terriers, actually. Um, you'd be surprised how many people phone me for that. It's pretty much exactly for the same reason. Um, I think we, we, we sometimes think that it's okay for a dog to bark when someone comes on a property, but then outside it's not. And we give these jobs to our dogs without realising. And I think um, what I would do is I'd take it right back to the basics and say, well, we need to teach him how to um, say hello to someone. And normally as a puppy, you would teach a sort of greeting. So they're on a lead, they, they get a sniff and that sort of thing. I would go right back to the basics because he clearly hasn't learned that. You may have taught it, but he hasn't learned it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I would go back to that. Um, meet and greet situation and teach him how to do that with someone you know first of all so he's not scared of them um, often as well with Jack Russells and with the smaller dogs we're quite tall particularly if they have problems with men because we tower over the dog um, so bring that person down to his level mm. um, if you think that he's going to bite then obviously muzzle just to make sure because you don't have any of that kind of stuff um, and explain to the person and just get lots of people around um, sort of one at a time and just get him used to meeting and greeting in a particular way but you have to teach him how to meet and greet because mm. that barking yeah. is just fear yeah and the older the dog the, the more the fear when, when he's out uh, he meets and greets a lot of people and he doesn't bark but but there's just some individuals it seems to be that he barks it's funny isn't it because we assume that every person in the world gets on with every person in the world yeah that doesn't happen and, and we assume that every dog and every person mm. get on that doesn't sometimes they just take a disliking to them and that will be down to the socialization that they had when they're younger so for example um, a lot of dogs have problems with um the, the the fluorescent jackets so someone wearing that or a hat or something like that because they haven't been socialized to that that type of person or that type of thing when they're younger i thought they were colorblind <clears throat> Uh, it's not totally colourblind, are they, nowadays? I reckon they can Don't see know. a few colours, yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. All right. So. I guess if you're really tall and you're in, intimidating your dog, the other alternative would be to get a leg reduction. Or just <laughs> give me a call. 0800 844 747 is the number. Nikki, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hi, Nikki. Um, so I've got... Hello there. I've got a um, young German shorthead pointer. He's about oh, 14 nice. months. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a beautiful dog, and I've got a couple of young kids, and he's absolutely fine with everybody, with everything. The only problem I have is on the school run, when I'm walking past another scooter, he goes absolutely mental. Um, And my kids are on scooters, and he doesn't mind being with them. Um, But, Mm. yeah, so I didn't know if there's something I could try doing. (laughs) I literally have to, yeah, he goes crazy. He lurches at them. Um, I have to. I have food with me yeah. now, so I stand aside. As soon as I see a scooter, I try and I get him to sit down, and I start feeding him. But the minute he hears them, them wheels or something mm. coming, um, he just goes crazy, lurches at them, and it, it looks like he's ferocious. But he's so not. He's yeah. such a lovely dog. Um, what's he like? The rest of the does, time. does he do that? It, do you know if he does that when the kids aren't there? No, no, no. He doesn't do it with my kids as well. And they're always on scooters and bikes. He leaves them alone. Have you been in a situation where you've seen um, scooters and things where the kids haven't been there, so it's just been him and you? Oh, no. No, he's not bothered when no one's on them. It's just when they're moving past him suddenly, like on the path, and usually they're going pretty fast. eh? Um, Older kids particularly as well. He doesn't seem to be bothered if the little children... Yeah, and your um, your kids are quite young, are they? Yeah, that, yeah, well, they're four and eleven, so okay. he's yeah. It kind of, kind of makes <laughs> it makes a little bit of sense um, because that will be what he's used to. Did you did he get to see them when he was younger? Um, the older kids, all them. 
we we quite yeah, often. Yeah, yeah. He, we, we've always been. It used to be okay for a while, but suddenly we live right near a high school, and right. we go now. I, I just abandon taking him on the mm. school run because. He yeah, just looks like he's going to attack yeah, the, he's probably the been, older boys. He's probably on. being put under too much stress, um, and it's probably a good call that you're making because okay. the last thing you want is for him to do that. Yeah. But what I would do is I'd probably um, sort of put a plan together um, and maybe speak to another dog trainer in your area, but put a plan together to maybe go to the skate parks, um, make it a fair distance okay. away, first of all. And, and the idea of you feeding um, a dog, that's perfect, right? When they get stressed, give them lots of food, but you've got to catch them before their nose kind of shuts down and they stop taking food. And, and then that will get them yeah. through the fear, and then they'll start to calm down okay. so maybe yeah but but take it yeah. really slowly because this is a fear-based issue you've got even though he's okay with small kids and there might be a bit of resource guarding yeah. around your kids as well um so i would probably yeah, seek that's a, what I, was wondering. Yeah, I was wondering whether to um talk to a couple of like you know older kids that are in the neighborhood with yeah. scooters and things and get like get to know them maybe like mm. you know yeah. like, let him remember remember when you got around. kids in, remember when you got kids involved safety first always with a dog okay the last thing you want yeah, is for one of those of kids course. to get nipped or anything like that so probably seek a dog trainer's advice yeah, in yeah. your area i would definitely do that hey nikki just before okay. you go <laughs> what made you settle yeah, on yeah. a gsp mm. Oh my God! I wanted to get fit. I'm in my I'm in my forties, mm. and I thought, oh, you know what? I could make gym, um, gym membership or <laughs> get choice. a dog. Good choice. And then somebody told me get a dog because I like running and hiking and that sort of thing. Yeah, so I thought, right, I did a bit of research and went for him. And he is, I've got to say, he's a beautiful dog. Mm. He's so gentle, and um, but he does. Oh my God! I walk a couple of hours a day at least. Wow. <laughs> and he could carry on for half a day every day walking, I think. Who needs um, a gym, Dana? Who needs right. a gym, Nikki, when you've got that kind of breed? Now, just thank you, Nikki. Really good. Lovely, lovely dog. I used to go hunting with a couple of GSPs years ago. Beautiful, beautiful dogs. So, just on that, mm. where should we go to buy these breeds? Because the old backyard <coughs> breed, the old mm. inbreeding, the old, you know, whew, nasty, yeah. weird stuff well, happening. Well, first of all, for, for me, I want to know what I'm getting out of a dog, okay? So I want to see mum, I want to see dad, I even want to see grandparents if I can, and, and if they're still alive. And if, mm. I, if I can't see them, I certainly want to see their pedigree. I want to check out that that breeder is doing everything they can to minimise all those nasty diseases that those dogs could potentially have. Um, there's loads of tests that the breeder should be doing if they're a respectable breeder. Okay, So um, I'm looking to see if they're registered um, with, with the Kennel Club. Not to say that non-registered dog breeders aren't doing it right, but I want to be seeing that they're registered for myself. Um, if they're not registered, I want to be seeing that they're doing all those tests and they're taking it seriously. They're taking the genetics and the, the breeding of that dog seriously. Okay, Because yeah. too often we just get people that they get a dog, they think, oh, it cost me three grand. Can't believe it, but it cost me three grand. Um, I'm going to let them have a litter. I'm just going to put them to some random dog down the street, make my money, <clears throat> and then I'm all good. But what they're doing is um, the, the pedigrees, uh, or the, the breeders, the proper breeders, should we say, they're, they're breeding out those nasty genetic problems. And what happens when you just throw a dog together is you just breed them all back in. And we can just, you know, undo years and years and years of, of proper selective breeding. Yeah, makes in, sense. In minutes. Makes sense. I wish they thought about that with people sometimes. 0800 844 747. I'll tell you what, Darren, I know you're supposed to be going shoe shopping, but uh, let's move on from there because your wife is glaring at you through the glass. Do you mind if I keep it for just a few more minutes? There's a couple more calls coming in. Is that all right? She's giving me the thumbs up. Can you wait for your shoes for another five? Oh, oh no, I don't like that look. Honestly, <laughs> wow. Third. Roman Travers, Magic Talk. Let's get back into the dog calls because dog calls are brilliant. We need to keep the calls coming so that you know what to do with your dog with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. G'day, Dave. 
Good morning. Compliments of the season to oh, you. Oh, you too. Good morning, Dave. Darren, we've got a golden retriever pup. She's five months old. She's absolutely wonderful dog. But she's got one problem. Whenever she goes outside, she's got a big backyard to run around and she'll play for either a minute or quarter of an hour, but eventually she'll pick up a stick and start chewing or a stone, yeah. or she'll pull a bit of kaikuria out of the ground and start chewing on that. How do we stop her from um, eating foreign objects that she shouldn't be touching? <clears throat> I think it's a really hard one, isn't it? Because it's a natural thing for dogs to explore their world with their teeth, and and in some ways I think it's a, you, you, you know, it's a, a losing battle really in that sense. That being said, the stones obviously you don't want to do. Um, and the kaikura might make them a little bit sick occasionally, but it's probably not going to do them a lot of harm. I don't think kaikura is a, a poison for the dogs, as far as I'm aware. Um, I would probably go along the lines of restricting how much room they have. So our puppies are nine months old, and we've got a two-acre section. But those puppies probably have a square metre of about maybe six by six metres. Mm. And that's all they've had. And, yeah. and that's got bigger and that's got bigger and bigger as they've got older. So first of all, they only had a couple of yep. metres. And, and when you restrict the room that they've got to run around in, then you can restrict what access they have to things. So you can make sure there's no stones, make sure there's no um, sticks and stuff like that. And you can put in other things like those nylon bones, kongs, all those kind of things that they can prefer. If you smear them with food around them, obviously you wash them regularly so they don't go off. Um, if you smear them with the food and stuff, then they become the preferred things to use. And then they start to learn to chew those and not the, the sticks yeah. and stuff like that. Um, at yeah. least, at least, if at least she, apart from the stones, at least if she is chewing the sticks and, and some do get in there, it is a you know it's a, a natural product, so it will get degraded in the body. Obviously, we don't want them to do that. Really, no, mm. it's a hard one. But restrict you know, the area, restrict what she's got access to is probably the only way you can do that. You can't train it out of them because they're naturally exploring. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. No yeah, worries, cheers, mate. Dave. This sounds like a good idea. Would some of those toys, like the Kong toys, be a good idea with the holes yeah. for the peanut butter and all that? Yeah. Stuff? So, yeah. so Kongs, Nyla bones, um, yep. even the natural like uh, antlers and things like that. You can buy hooves, things like that. I wouldn't put the pig's ears down for young dogs because they're quite oily, and I've heard that that's not so great for the dogs. But okay. certainly the the hooves and things like that. All right. Oh eight hundred eight four four seven four seven is the number here to have a chat with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs before he goes shoe shopping. G'day, Mark. Yeah, I was just thinking, about, uh, I've got a little question for you, mate. I was just thinking about buying a breeding pair of bloodhounds. Have you got any advice for me? Um, it's not a breed that I know a great deal about. I don't know how many breeders there are um, of bloodhounds, to be honest. The best place to do that, and and I would really do your research, so there's a couple of things I would do, first of all, is I would go and speak to your vets and find out about the whole breeding process. It's, it's really quite detailed, um, and quite often the first breeding pair that you get you end up um having cesareans and things like that and it costs an awful lot of money so get get the, the full details of how much money you need to outlay for that first of all um secondly um you can you can get a um a girl and then get a frozen sperm that might be a, a better option first of all because when you get those mating pair together you're going to have to have real kennels to set them up because you you're not going to neuter either of them obviously so there's a lot of there's a lot of work there but um definitely go to the kennel club association and there'll be breeders of those uh, dogs and then you can have a chat with them and um and, and they may sell you a pair hey mark um, just a quick <coughs> question why why have you chosen bloodhounds um Basically, because I think they're really cool. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are yeah. pretty. They're pretty cool dogs. It's, um, like I say, I don't know how many breeds there are. I don't think there are many in New Zealand. You might need to be looking to Australia, but but can't stress yeah, no, enough. Do your research. Do your research on the breed. Do your research on on how to breed there's them. Virtually no breeders in New Zealand, and and, yeah. and, and most of the registered ones are closest are in Australia. So yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, and and. The, whether they're likely to 
um, sell you a, a breeding dog because most breeders will breed for themselves and then they'll sell you a dog and that's a contract that you have to neuter them. So to get one of those breeders to, to sell you a mating, you know, a, a, a pair might be quite hard. But yeah, you never know. Good on you, Mark. It could be, um, you might start a burgeoning market there. If there are no mm. breeders here, then why not get the ball rolling? Good for chasing uh, escaped convicts, apparently. Oh, well, there you go. I've seen that in the movies too. There you go. You could. Um, wasn't wasn't Columbo, didn't he have a bloodhound? I'm sure oh, he didn't. I was thinking there'd be people yeah. from the Department of Corrections listening right now who will need your services, Mark. So get breeding. Get, not you. Get your dogs breeding. So Cindy asks, Roman, can you ask Darren why it is that dogs love peanut butter so much? I don't think I've ever been speechless on the radio, but I have no idea on that one. Um, probably the taste, I imagine. Yeah, um, must be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not something I've ever thought of feeding a dog, but I know with those toys, they have the holes to stick food mm. in, don't they? Yeah, and yeah. You put, I suppose it's it's the texture as well, isn't it, on, on the tongue? Probably mm. quite nice. All right, very, very quickly, let's just summarise what we were talking about, getting a rescue dog, introducing it to the home, some of the, yeah. the common <clears throat> issues that they come with. Yeah, so, so when we get a rescue dog, first of all, you've got to remember that they've come from a traumatic situation, whether that's just been leaving the family or whether they've been abused. So so when we get them in the home, the last thing we really want to do is, is have have a lot of sympathy for them it sounds awful have a lot of empathy but not a lot of sympathy so we don't want to completely smother them smother them with love because mm. what that does is it, it it makes the dog form a dependent bond with you so they can't exist without you because you're their savior mm-hmm. and that's not healthy for a dog because then when you leave you get all the um, separation anxieties the leaping the fences all of those basic behaviors that we see from rescue dogs trying to escape the properties that sort of stuff to find you mm. so when they come in the house just give them space don't smother them. Just let them be for maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Obviously, be there for them. Give them all the things they need, so like the food and shelter and that kind of stuff, yeah? And be there if they do come over to you, then give them a cuddle maybe. But don't smother them completely. Let them find their own feet in their own house, first of all. That's the most important thing. Makes sense. Um, don't take them off lead, right? We've got rescue dogs. They haven't been, a, well, they've actually never been in a park because they won't be able to deal with that. So have those expectations of what you want from your dog. So um, everybody wants to run their dog on the on the beach and that kind of stuff. But some rescue dogs, they're never going to be able to deal with that. So don't put them in that situation. They're going to do something stupid. They're going to bite another dog and then they're going to be put down. Okay, So that's not a life that you want for your rescue dog. Um, so, But I wouldn't take them off lead for a good year. Mm, Let okay. them form that relationship first with you. Yeah, and that they might sounds come good. Back to you. All right, another quick text here. Nikki says another great dog like the Portuguese water dog is the Italian water dog. Mm. I can't remember <coughs> its actual name, but it's smaller than the Portuguese version. Delightful, says Nikki. Mm, there's also yeah. a Spanish water dog as well. It seems to be a key thing in that in the European things. Yeah. Ah. But the, I think the Portuguese water dog was the first breed. <laughs> might be wrong there. Well, someone's <laughs> texting. It might be here again saying, Logotto Ramagalolo. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Wow, yeah. that sounds good. It's like, sounds a like an ice cream. <laughs> does. Does, eh? Or a pasta meal or something. <laughs> so many dog breeds, so many things to choose from. But, Darren, it's really, really good to make sure you're choosing a dog applicable to your lifestyle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, there's no point getting a, um, a Labrador as a sociable retriever if you're a home bird and don't want to go out. Mm. And there's no point getting a Staffordshire Bull Terrier if you're not going to get out there and run around lots. So. Mm. And time. Yeah. Having the time to put in. Yeah, too right. Too yeah. right, yeah. All right. Uh, just before you do go, lots of people taking their dogs to batches and to parts they don't live in. Are yeah. dogs still territorial when they're away? Yeah, they can be yeah. even worse um, when oh. they're away. And a lot of the batches don't have fences, so I do get, um, I actually get a fair few phone calls of people. The dogs are generally really well behaved. They go to the batch and then they start being aggressive with other dogs. So, mm. um, 
your basic training is dogs dogs learn their training in a certain area and they don't necessarily apply it to another area so you've got to do exactly the same training back at your batch as well as you do at home makes sense alright so if you want to get the services of Darren Rowe for your dog from Mindfulness for Dogs how do they find you Darren? yeah so you can find us on the website it's mindfulnessfordogs with uh, .com with the letter number 4 or you can just email me at mindfulnessfordogs at gmail.com brilliant you can find me all over social media as well. So. Well, I know what you're off to do now. You're off to do some shoe shopping because your wife's been so patient out there waiting for you, glaring at you through the glass. Look at that. You've got me in so much trouble, mate. <laughs> David Headley from Headley Booksellers is next. He's got a long association with some of the biggest names in rock music in the world and some wonderful book recommendations as well. Hey, thank you, Darren. Drive safe. Enjoy the shopping. Good Lord, lucky you. <laughs> You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.